episode number five, Towing the Line podcast. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, big, big week in Melbourne. Uh, big week mentally too, for myself personally. Obviously, we are back in lockdown five days uh, or you know, probably not going to, it's probably going to be longer than five days um, if you look at the cases that have been coming out, which is annoying, but there is no point complaining about it, which sucks that it's come to this point because like I'm sure if you're in Melbourne, you, you get exactly what I'm talking about. Like you complain, you get stressed, you get annoyed about it, you get frustrated, but it doesn't achieve anything because there's nothing you can fucking do, which is so very which is a very annoying feeling to have but like there is nothing you can do about it so you just got to suck it up and try and do what you can you got to try and still tick those boxes you got to try and just i guess stay on top of things and make the best of a bad situation and just hope that you know this shit doesn't last forever so i really hope we do come out after five days but if the cases uh keep going the way they're going then it is Un, it's not looking good, which is annoying. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's no point complaining about it, which is a fucking worse because complaining usually helps. But in this case, you complain and it just, you know, nothing nothing gets done, nothing changes and we are still locked away. Um, anyway, moving on. So this week, training-wise, was a big week. A big week on the trainer indoors, which... Like, don't get me wrong, I like the trainer, it's great, like, it has its uh, has its moments, you know, it's a good way to fuck the legs up in a short amount of time, but I think I spent five out of the four day, uh, sorry, four out of the five days during the week sitting on the trainer, um, and it was not a lot of fun, knowing that I had to jump on that thing nearly every day, but we got through it, and then we had a four-hour ride yesterday, which... Like, so yesterday was probably, uh, yeah, yesterday was probably one of the hardest days mentally for me I've had in a very long time. Like, this week's been a big week, you know, personal side of things. And, um, yeah, yesterday was, I woke up and I was just fucking exhausted. I was supposed to start at like 5.30, 5.36 and just get a jump on the day before it started raining. But I woke up and I was like, nope, this is not going to happen right now. Um, went back to sleep. Got up, started at like 7.30 and I was just like, I did not want to be there. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse than riding my bike outside. I almost did it on the trainer, but then I was like, nah, I can't be on the trainer again this week. It's I'm sick of it. So, I so I opted to go outside and I ended up thankfully meeting up with um, James and Das. Uh, we rode some hills locally and like, I can tell you, I... It took me probably over two and a half hours to actually feel like I wanted to be there and wanted to be out there riding. It was it was fucking rough. I just remember like my seat post kept slipping down and it slipped down on two occasions. First time it, it slipped down, I was like, oh, this is annoying. Fuck, I'll stop. I had the tools to, you know, pull it back up. And I was like, great, okay, you know, this is this is good now. And then it slipped down again. And when it slipped down that second time, I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to go back to my car and pack it in, you know. I'll be happy with just over two hours. I'm done. Like I, today's just, you know, wasn't meant to be. But they, um, I said that I was going to go back to my car and both the boys were like, nah, just fix it one more time. And then if it fucks up again, go back to your car. And it, I fixed it, tightened it, 
didn't fuck up again and it actually ended up being a really good ride so i'm so glad that i was riding with those boys because i probably would have packed it in um yeah it's like i know those days when they come like i've experienced them before i know that i'll feel better on the other side of it but during it's like it's the worst and i'm sure there are are a lot of people out there that have the same feeling like when you have a day that's you just feel you're not on you feel like shit like your legs are heavy you can't be fucked it was cold it was drizzling it was not not great conditions and like let me tell you the hills we were hitting were fucked up too so and they're two light light boys i'm a i'm a heavy boy so it was not fun going up some of those hills but i feel fantastic after doing it and i know that i'm going to get to that feeling i've just got to tough it out and i guess experiencing situations like that like that putting yourself in a position like that always i guess i know i'm always going to feel better after it so i know i've just got to grip my teeth and get through it and then afterwards i'll feel great so experience always pays off in situations like that so yeah i don't know if i would have finished my four hours if i had gone back to my car to try and fix my bike but i am glad it didn't come to that and i'm glad those boys pulled me through and we finished a killer ride didn't really get rained on that much we managed to just avoid where it was raining because we would happen to ride through you know when the ground was soaked and there was no rain so we got pretty lucky with that and then we stopped and had a bit of a coffee and a little snick snack after um after about three and a half hours and then i just cruised back back to my car and packed up and that was it so it was a good sesh and then this morning met up with james i had supposed to run 13 k's which was about an hour 10 and he he was running 90 minutes so i was like fuck it i'll just jump in with him um he didn't tell me where we were going to run and then we ended up doing the we ended up doing 400 just over 400 meters of elevation in 15 k's our our average pace was like six minute um six minutes per k because it was just fucking hills which was wonderful and they were another another good mental test some of the hills were so fucking steep i shit you not that you would get to the like right at the top and it would just kick and then it felt like i almost physically couldn't run anymore like i probably was i was probably running the same pace as i would have if i w- was walking and mentally when that those thoughts start probably you're like i may as well just fucking walk because i'm basically walking now that's when it gets real hard so it's always i found or i made the discovery today i think we hit like five or six fucking ripper hills the last 10 percent of the hill is where it sucks so before then, it's like you're just buying in, and then as soon as you get to that that right at the right at the top of the hill, that's where it's like, nah, this is where it's all you're gonna feel it all. You feel all, you feel the entire hill in the last ten percent, and then you get over the top, and your lungs are burning, and you're tasting blood, and then you just you know recover on the way down, and then you go back up, and that's you know it's a bit like life really, running and riding hills, fucking you hit the bottom, and then you struggle until you get to the top. And you get to the top and it's you get to enjoy it for a bit on the way down. But then, you know, you get to the bottom of the hill and you've got to go back up. So, fun times. But that's why they're good training for life. You know, putting yourself in challenging situations like running hills and training for events and all sorts of shit. So, if, you take, if you're going to do anything this lockdown to try and, you know, keep yourself sane, get out there and, you know, do something that challenges yourself. Whether it's physically, mentally, just get outside, please, because being outside in nature, in the sunlight, 
in like just being outside is fucking way better than sitting inside being all sad so if you can get outside do it it's going to benefit you in ways that you cannot fucking imagine um all right what else happened this week that uh, was interesting i got i got a wonderful quote so last week I, I touched on listening to a podcast with i think it was andrew pollen or something with joe rogan about plants and how phenomenal they are and i actually got sent a quote that is nature does not hurry yet it yet everything is accomplished and i was like that is so fucking true nature being plants and animals and stuff has been around since before you can even fucking imagine it's been around forever that's where we came from we evolved from nature and if you look at like the animal kingdom or like plants trees and stuff like that they've evolved in certain ways to adapt to their environments they haven't done that quickly they've done that over time and it's just like it's insane they don't obviously they don't rush and obviously there's a lot of trial and error being like for example, I'm trying to think of a, an animal that has a defense mechanism, like probably the, the echidna, for example. I'm sure there was a lot of trial and error being them getting fucking brutally attacked by different predators and stuff like that. And eventually they got to the point where they were like, nah, these spikes seem to do the trick. These are, these are good. Let's, let's run with this. Or like poisonous plants, for example, like mushrooms. Like I... I think I mentioned this as an example last week. The like mushrooms with psilocybin in them. They animals would eat them, trip out, and not remember where the mushroom was. So it was a defense mechanism to stop predators or animals from coming back to eat them. So like this, that shit doesn't you know that shit doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time. And I guess we as people rush. We try and rush shit a lot, and it's dangerous. Like if you look at us trying to fucking edit edit genome uh like edit genes of newborn babies or create babies like i think it's called crispr you can actually like edit the fucking what is it called like the egg or the embryo to create you know enhance certain aspects or get rid of certain aspects of the child before it's even born and that shit's fucking crazy so i think we try and rush things and it doesn't always work out for the best um we need to just try and, I guess, look at nature and try and replicate that to a certain degree because I think, yeah, rushing into things isn't always, isn't always the best, the best, um, best way to do it. I think a, a good example of that would be you look at the nuclear weapons, look what happened there. We rushed into that shit and it, you know, where the nuclear bombs went off, that, that, that hasn't recovered yet. Like there's still fucking radiation there. That's like, that's pretty bad. So take a page out of nature's book i reckon um i was earlier in the week before pools got shut down i was swimming right and i had another one of my thoughts another one of my crazy theories that i reckon might pay off i was swimming with a, a group of people um like a swim swim squad and there was probably seven or seven of us and we were all like following each other doing the same sets and it dawned on me because if you've ever like if you've ever swum in a pool with a squad or something like that you know that sitting on someone's toes is easier they actually pull you through the water it's not as like it's nowhere near as hard as swimming by yourself when you're swimming on someone's toes it's like uh it's like fucking what do you call it when you're behind uh ugh, drafting in like the tour de france so sorry um yeah it's like drafting in the tour de france so if there was like 
say, enough people of the same ability filling up the lane in the pool so that it was literally like a continuous circle of people swimming. Everyone was swimming. Everyone essentially swimming on someone's toes would mean there would be no one in the lead. And like, would that just... It would be like the... I'm going to call it the swimming pool paradox. But it'd be like a whirlpool. Eventually, like, they would just keep speeding up, wouldn't they? And it would just keep getting easier because you would keep pulling the person behind you along. But you would also have someone in front of you pulling you along. No one's essentially leading the pack. Everyone's just getting pulled along. And I was like, damn, that would be cool. So... If anyone wants to fund that experiment, um, you know where to find me, towing the line on Instagram. If you think any of your friends would want to fund that experiment, share this podcast and we can we can set it up once Paul's opened back up, which will hopefully be Wednesday, because I'm interested. I'm keen to find out if that, that would actually work. Um, all right, another a cool, cool little fact or stat. Now, this could very well be deceptful or deceiving but there's actually been of my podcast 15 downloads in the u.s and i wonder if that's actual people living in the u.s that like if if it is that's fucking amazing i can't believe it so if you're listening from the u.s hello and welcome towing the line but it could very well be people using vpn and just putting themselves over there and then me getting all excited about it but it'd be cool like it's cool to think that you know my podcast has gone international. Never thought that that would actually happen. So, yeah, big day, big days, big day over at uh, Towing the Line Studios. I'm very excited. I um, yeah, I only realised that recently. So, cool, cool beans. Uh, I, I I'm still like in shock that this is the fifth episode. That's that's crazy. It's still, I'm still fucking pumped that I've done this. Um, all right, another call. So I, I promise you, I will eventually get into what today's topic is going to be based on, but I'm going to keep it a secret for a little bit longer. I'm going to get into another cool little thing that I'm going to try, and then I'll report back to you guys on how it goes. Well, actually two things. So first thing, I got a pair of Vivo barefoot, barefoot shoes the other day. They had a great end of year 50% off special. And I was like, Ugh. I've bought them before in the past. And I bought a size too big and they were just flopping around, slapping the ground. And it was, they were the most annoying shoes to wear ever. Like, don't get me wrong. They were probably great for my feet. But they were just slapping the ground, making noise. And they were just... I was like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. I actually bought fucking two pairs because they were so cheap. And only wore one pair. So, I've got a brand new pair of, I think, 49s at home that I would give to anyone. Because anyone who has like a size 15, 14 foot because... I'm not going to wear them. So, I bought a new pair, a size smaller, and I'm loving them. I'm wearing them right now. I've worn them all week, and I am very, very pleased with them. I actually, got, Caitlin got a pair as well. So, I will report back to you on if my feet strengthen up and I'm able to actually run better because I've had, since doing the Ironman, I've had a bit of issues with my toes. I think they've just like been sandwiched together because I've been running in... Like I was running in very tight shoes for a bit there and cycling, the cycling shoes too, they're pretty tight. So my my toes were getting a bit squished and I was having some issues with my toenails and stuff. Um, so hopefully my feet splay out a bit. I'm going to get back on the toe spreaders and do all that, all that good stuff for my feet. 
But yeah, I'll report back to you on that. And the other thing that I have done is, oh, I've actually done um, another few things. But anyway, this is the more important thing. I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan and Andrew Huberman, I think, I believe. And you could actually, if you want, go listen to it yourself because they touch on it at the very beginning of the podcast. I'll find out exactly what episode it is so that you can, it's not too hard to find. Um, It's episode number, bear with me, 1683. So if you want to listen to that, that's absolutely fucking perfect. Um, Very, they touch on it like within the first 15 minutes. It's a way to improve sleep. So there's three supplements that he recommends taking. Magnesium threonate, apigenin, and theanine. And apparently, these a combination of these things. Apigenin is in uh, chamomile tea. Um, Theanine like enhances brain activity, and magnesium threonate is supposed to penetrate the brain or blood-brain barrier wall. And it's like the other magnesium. um, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, The other types of magnesium can't actually penetrate, whereas this one can. So it's supposed to get in there and help your brain kind of relax. And I think the the theanine makes you have some pretty cool dreams. But the combination of these three is meant to help you sleep fantastically. So if that's even a word, well, it is now because I've said it. So I'm going to try. I'm, I've had to buy them from the US. I tried a few pharmacies and no, none of them sell them um, in their pure form. So I've had to buy them from the US. So hopefully in the next two weeks, I will have my supplements and I will be able to report back to you on how they go. I'm sure I'll, I'll have my whoop to track it anyway. Wonderful. So that'll uh, that'll transpire in the next couple of weeks. Speaking of my whoop, I've actually been... Yeah, this week's been a big week in terms of strain. If you are familiar with whoop, Monday was 17.8. Tuesday was 19.8. Why was it so high? I think I had a long ride and a run... Wednesday, 18.4, Thursday, 19.2, Friday was all right, 13.6. It was supposed to be bigger. I was supposed to hit the gym for a workout, but obviously lockdown prevented that from happening. Yesterday was 19, and today is so far a 17.6, but I've got another run to do this afternoon, which will bump it up to, I'm sure, around 19. And my recovery's all in the yellow, so not so good on that one. I've I definitely feel very tired this week. It's been a big week mentally, so I'm sure I'll I'm actually my my sleep deficit's fucking big time. Big time not good. Yeah. My sleep debt sleep debt is about an hour twenty, which means so you have a an hour like a sleep time you're supposed to get each night and then what you actually get and mine is averaging about an hour 20 less than what I should be getting so that is not good for recovery so hopefully this week I'm going to try and peg that shit back um anyway moving forward so this week I want to try and touch on setting standards for yourself and I want to kind of just have a conversation with myself I want to you know go through the pros and cons of it all because I it's not simple. It's not a simple answer. As a lot of things are that I've spoken about before on this podcast, it's never going to be a simple answer. Like motivation versus, versus discipline, it's not simple. It's not just black and white, you know, yes, no. So 
Are setting standards for yourself good or are they bad? See, personally, I believe they are very important because I set standards for myself the way I, I guess, the way I present to other people, the way I talk to other people, and I guess with my training as well. And with anything I do, I have standards for myself where I believe I should be, you know, where I should be at. And I think that's a good thing. But at the same time, those standards kind of come from a lot of different sources. So you can have standards for yourself that are that have been driven into you from a young age that aren't right, that aren't good standards. Like you might believe certain things that have been, you know, hammered into you from such a young age that you think it's right, but it's, you know, you're actually doing harm to yourself. That's where a lot of, I guess, like that's where you could say like eating disorders and stuff like that probably come from. You're seeing things and hearing things as a kid and then growing up and realizing that, shit, that's, you know, that's been sending me down a dark path, being forced to believe that, you know, being skinny or being, you know, looking a certain way is everything when it's not, it's not everything. Being healthy is everything. Being healthy and feeling good is everything. So I, I feel standards are good except for when they're bad, which, <coughs> sorry, is a fucking tough, tough debacle to be in. Um, anyway, so... I'm going to give you an example of certain standards I set for myself. For me, it's I'm going to use training because that's what I fucking do most of the time and that's where a lot of my standards are. So, in terms of training, I'll touch on um, my you know standards with friends and family as well in a sec. But so for training, my standards are I have to give I have to give everything in my sessions, whatever that session may be. I've learned slowly that not every session has to be a race. For a sprint session, doesn't have to be like that. And having a coach has helped bring me back in line and having training mentors has helped bring me into line with that too. So I'll always give everything to what that session and what that session's purpose is too. So today, for example, today was meant to be a slow run and it was slow, but with elevation. So it was more of a strength, strength kind of run and I gave everything to that run for its purpose. Whereas if it was a faster run, I would have gone faster and, you know, given everything I could to that. I feel like I've just, I feel like none of that made sense. Going to try and make it simple. For me, my standard with training is I have to understand what the session's purpose is and I have to give everything to achieve that session, like by its purpose, by its standard. So if it's a long, slow run, I have to make sure I go slow. If it's a fast run, I have to go fast. And I've struggled with that for a very long time. If it's a strength session, I have to do the strength. I can't change it into something else that I might want to do because I've I've always I ha- I struggle with that kind of shit. I struggle with you know going slow when it's uh, my standard. I I feel like I have a tendency to always go fast, so I've had to adjust that. It's probably actually a good a good topic to go into. So my standard used to be I used to think that I would have to do everything the Deadpool way. You know, maximum effort. That would be the only way. And for me, maximum effort would just be blowing myself up. So it would just be give everything I've got in terms of heart rate and give everything I've got in terms of heart. So I'd go in there and just go hard until I was dead. And that was that was the only way I knew. Whereas since getting into the Ironman stuff and getting a coach, I have learned that that's not the only way to get results. So like I was saying before, I have to, I've had to change to learn to run slower because 
I, you know, would usually just, if it was a 20K run, I'd go and run that 20K as fast as I could. Whereas it's not about that. When I was in that last that last training block before my Ironman, I would have 20K runs at like 520 pace, which is like kind of slow. Like I could have done it quicker, but it's not the purpose. The purpose is to run slower because that's what you're going to be doing when you're running in the Ironman. So that for me, it took me a while to understand that my standards that I set for my, my standards that I set for myself in that respect were wrong. I needed to adjust them. I needed to change and, you know, make changes to them because they were detrimental to me achieving my results. And I think that's the hardest part is figuring out and realizing that some of the standards we've set for ourselves aren't beneficial. They're, you know, they, they take away from what we're trying to achieve. They pull us back. And I think that's like, that is, that's one of the hardest things to try and realize when we've like, it's been drilled into us from day one that, you know, you need to go flat out when in reality you don't, you need to kind of pull back. And I, I think for me that obviously came from being overweight and making excuses as a kid and then overcorrecting to nothing's a good enough excuse. You have to give everything, empty the tank every single session. And that was like, that was never going to, that's never sustainable. And that's probably why I ended up with a few injuries because I was just blowing up the whole time. So that's one of, that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I think standards are important but you've also got to understand the standard that you set for yourself and you've got to realize whether it's being whether it's helping you or whether it's being detrimental to you i'm sorry i'm just going to go over some notes another another good i guess another good way to look at it is like for me another sorry blah, 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 blah. another standard i set for myself in terms of training i realized at the point or the path i was going down i was getting off track Another standard I set for myself with training is I have I don't miss a session. I don't. I just don't. It's not an option. Like yesterday, I wanted to miss a session, but I didn't because I couldn't. I know the feeling of missing a session and it sucks. So I'm not going to, you know, put myself in that position. I'm going to do everything I can unless obviously it's an extreme circumstance or, you know, for example, gyms are shut and you can't or pools are shut and you can't physically swim. I don't want to miss a session because I hate it. So that's a standard I set for myself. But there's also a limit or a line with that standard that like, what if I'm on the brink of an injury, which I faced last year? I didn't miss a session with when, I, when my glutes started tightening up, my hips started tightening up. I never missed a session. Even that last run, I forced myself to do. I remember I got halfway through and I was hunched over and I was like, how the fuck am I going to get home from here? I finished the run. And then later that night, I realized how bad I had fucked up. And then that next day, couldn't get out of bed. So for me, my standard was flawed because you have to miss a session. You have to slow down if you're fucked up. And I couldn't realize that. It took me getting injured to realize that my standard was flawed. So I had to adjust that and I had to realize, okay, you need to try and, I guess, problem solve or analyze whether you actually need to miss it or whether you just want to miss it. And I think yesterday, I knew that I was fine. I, I, there was no no injuries. I was tired. Yes. All right. Great. I've, you know, I've been tired before. It's not like I was fucking sick or on the brink of an injury or something. I was just tired, which is not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Far out. You'll pick that back up. So I knew that my excuse to miss the session was just because I didn't want to do it. It was not because I needed to miss it or I needed a break. So I 
I went and did it. And I think for me, I've had to make that adjustment. I've had to realize that, yes, there are going to be days where I, I should, you know, peg it back, slow down, change the session or miss the session because my body needs a break. And there are going to be days where I don't want to do it. It's cold, it's windy, it's wet. I don't want to be out there in the rain riding, but I know that I have to do it. So, and if I don't have a, a good enough reason or, a you know, I don't need that need that break, then I'm going to go and do it. And that's the standard I hold for myself. So I've had to, I've had to adjust. I've had to, to flick that round because like the other standard of always going 100%, I, this standard, I couldn't, you can't sustain never missing a session. I remember there was a, 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 year, a full year or just over a year, a, a few years back, might've been 2018. I didn't miss a single day. I trained every single day for the year. And like, while I got, I got through that, I probably could have achieved so much more if I, you know, took a rest day every month or so because my body wasn't able to recover. It wasn't getting that day where it'd be like, oh, thank God, let's rebuild some muscle, let's rebuild some shit. It was never getting that. It was constantly, you know, constantly getting broken down. So I guess you've got to recognize standards and adjust them. Um What's another training standard that I set for set for myself? This one's a new one that I have brought in since getting injured, and it's the stretching and the recovery component. I and like I guess this is with the help of my whoop my whoop strap. Also, if you want a cheeky discount on whoop, just flick me a message or flick um, the the towing the line Instagram a message. Or my personal one, I don't give a shit on what. And I'll flick you a link and I get I think it gets you like ten percent off or something like that. And you get a free strap, which is cool. So oh, I should have I shouldn't have fucking said that because now I can't remember what I was talking about. Um yes, monitoring uh recovery methods through whoop. So this is a new standard I set for myself. I look at my whoop and I check things like sleep and I make sure that I'm getting adequate, you know, recovery which is part of the reason why I took full advantage of this magnesium uh, complex or whatever the fuck you want to call it that I, that I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast because it's going to help me sleep better and in, in, res- like in result, get me more, more recovery. So that's another standard I've now set for myself is I have to take active steps to recover because otherwise it's not sustainable. I'm going to end up in the shit, which is not, not great. So they're the ones I can think of at the moment in terms of training. I'm not going to force myself to think of any more because you'll probably be listening to some dead air for a while. Um, anyway, now some standards I set for myself in my personal life. Now, these have come through, I guess, experience and stuff like that. But I've like I went through a stage probably oh, would have been was a few years and I'll actually talk about this. This is going to tie into one of the podcast episodes that's upcoming. I went through a stage where, you know, I struggled a lot. It was probably a five-year span. It, like, it sucked. And in that stage, I kind of just went battle stations and focused purely on myself and didn't, um, I guess, I didn't really give back to people that were in my life. I didn't, yeah, didn't give back to the people that were in my life. I kind of, you know escaped into myself for a bit and I was I was struggling and I'll talk about this in a later later episode like a big episode maybe two I don't know but this is not the point of what I'm saying is so 
I, yeah, I didn't give back to the people that were in my life. I didn't do anything like that. And now it's a stand, like I wasn't really, I don't know, people would ask, ask things of me and I never, never really gave them the time. So I've tried to change that. That's a standard I now set for myself is I have to help. If someone's in my life and they play a big part in my life, I will help them. Even someone I don't know. If someone messages me and asks me something, I will give them an honest, upfront, full answer. I'm not going to blow them off because I know when I was coming up and when I was trying to do things, it was like I would ask people stuff and if you got blown off, it fucking hurts. It kicks you back. It sends you sends you miles behind where you want to be. Whereas if someone gives you a big, good answer and they actually give you advice, then you you take that and you listen especially when you're you're younger you look at you look at the people above you and you look at the people that you think are ahead of you and you're like oh man i'd love to you know i'd love to get advice off this person and when they give when they actually give you advice it makes you feel fucking awesome you feel on top of the world when you actually get advice from people that you look up to so i yeah i went through a phase where i didn't really you know didn't really respond if people sent me messages i didn't really respond as good as I could have or I would leave it and I would reply to a heap of messages at once and just give half-assed shit because I was like, oh, I just got to get this out of the way. Whereas now, I'll actually take my time and I'll be like, nah, I'm going to give this person the best response I can because that's who I am and that's the standard I set for myself. I um, I try to carry that through in everything. So I, I try and give the best I can. That's I guess that's probably an overall standard I set for everywhere is... I want to give the best I can. And it's like, it, it feels good too. You don't feel like you're ripping people off. And I just, I try and be, another standard is I try and be as honest as possible with people. I try and, you know, try and open up and give give them, I guess, open up to a certain degree, open myself up to a certain degree and be completely honest with them. And you will be honest, you get that in return if you're you're open and honest to people it's just the way i guess most people are built so i guess that's another standard just be honest because it it goes a long way people notice fucking hell and if you put in that extra five percent for someone they notice they feel it because think about it do you notice when someone goes that little bit further for you and they help you that little bit extra than what they need to do it's always a, a surprise you notice it like this morning, a prime example, James and I were running. It was probably like, I don't know, quarter to seven in the morning. It was like half dark still. And we ran past this old lady's driveway and she was standing in the middle of her driveway. And before we even saw her, she yells out, good morning. She was probably like 10, 15 meters away from us. Like what? She didn't need to say that. We didn't, we wouldn't have thought anything less of her if she didn't even acknowledge us. But she did. And we said it back and we were like, we were talking about it as we were running past. We were like, wow, that's fucking, she didn't need to say anything. That's insane. People notice when you go that little bit further than you need to for them. And I think that's, that's massive. So another standard, just, I guess, give, go that little bit further, do that little bit more. It always helps. Same thing with training. If you give a little bit more each session, it adds up. It always adds up. It helps you, helps you in the long run. And you can't like, you can't replicate that. You can't fake, like, you can fake it, but people also notice when you're faking it because it never lasts. If you're, if you're, if you're full of shit, if you're full of shit with your, on, if you're honest, I'm doing those little Dr. Evil, if you're honest and you give extra, people fucking notice because you're, ne- you never last. You're not there 
you're not there for them in the long run. Whereas the real people, they will be there. And you can tell. You get good at seeing through the uh, the bullshit. So, yeah, I suppose that's that's what standards I set for myself. And now if I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer the question of are they good or are they bad? I think they are good. I think standards are fantastic to help you excel in your goals, in life, in general. I think they are one of the best things you can implement, but you need to be aware of, you need to be willing to learn. You need to open open up your mind and you need to be willing to take on criticism from yourself or other people and and whether you need to adapt or change those standards because sometimes, as the examples I've given, they can be detrimental for you. Sorry, I was just having a bit of a drink. Um, those standards can be detrimental for your for achieving what you want to achieve. So I think they, I guess, oh man, what the fuck? I keep losing my brain, my brain waves today. It's it's annoying. So yeah, they the standards are great, but they can be detrimental if you're not open to seeing ways to improve them or help yourself. So you need to constantly grow. You need to grow your standards. All right, you need to adapt them the same way your body adapts to scenarios, the same way nature fucking adapts. You need to adapt your standards to situations in life, to to, to different environments. You need to change them. They need to be able to mold with you as you grow as a person, as you learn as a person. And I guess as your environment changes, they need to change as well. Otherwise, they can be detrimental to you if you're not careful. So you got to take on advice of other people. You've got to be wary. You've got to open up, those, open up that fucking mind and just pay attention because, yes, they can help you, but at the same time, they can crush you. Um, now, I'm going to talk briefly, or not briefly, it's probably going to be a fucking, you know, 10-minute chat about how society's standards can impact, impact you and impact, I guess, those around you. The standards that we adapt or adopt from society can be fucking rough and they can negative, like a lot of the times they will negatively impact your life and how you kind of do things. Um, I guess one of the biggest ones is body body image and body image issues and it's becoming a huge problem these days because society has set this standard by I guess it's mainly through marketing and obviously money-making schemes of like selling products and stuff like that that you're supposed to look a certain way. And like I guess for girls, it's skinny and for guys, it's you know six-pack. And that standard that has been set for us, we haven't had a choice in it. That's a standard that's been laid out for us is false. It's not right and it's not always healthy. Like some people genetically, uh, you know, genetically disposed to having those um, having those attributes and others aren't and it's not fair for those people that aren't genetically that don't have those genetics to try and uphold those standards because they will end up killing themselves they will end up putting themselves in a very dangerous situation to try and uphold those false false standards that society has chosen for them they haven't chosen them themselves and they feel like they have to they don't have a choice um you know they don't have a choice in doing that so it's it's fucking rough and like that like you probably noticed this with your your friends and family too everyone has these standards that they they try and uphold based on bullshit 
it's not fair. That's one of my biggest pet peeves about filters and stuff on Instagram and like Snapchat and stuff like that. It's, um, you know, fucking ridiculous when you, you feel the need that if you want to post a picture of yourself or you want to, you know, talk to your camera, you have to put this bullshit looking filter over your face because you feel like you don't look good enough without it. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. You look fine without it. It's just that society's told you you don't and it's a lie. And I think it's, it's, it's whack because I use the term society as if everyone is telling you that, but society is almost its own person. Because if you talk to the majority of people, they agree that society is making them feel like this. So I don't think anyone actually falls into the category of being part of society. It's just that society is telling everyone to feel this way. And I think that's that's insane that it's not even um not even a real person. Not a real it's not actually it's not a thing. Sorry, I'm just writing that down because that's gonna sound really good. Um yeah, society isn't a real person. It's just this giant beast that has been created by people in the past or marketing marketing and big companies forcing us to kind of believe this way believe that we have to look this way we have to be this way when that's not what's most important what's most important is being healthy and feeling good because you know if you look great and you feel like shit and you are not healthy then your life (laughs) your life's gonna suck bro it's not gonna be as good as you think it's gonna be because you'll be starving yourself or you know killing yourself in the gym every single day for the rest of your life to look a certain way and then you will eventually come to the point where your body's like bro you need it you need to look after me i can't do this anymore and then you'll get hit with something something that will take you out of action and force you to i guess rest and recover so i think that's probably one of the biggest issues with with society and its standards that it sets is you know, body image, that's a, that's a big one. Um, another big one that I'm noticing lately is the, I guess, the, the need or people feeling like they have to kill themselves at work, like the hustle mentality, as in you got to work from, like Elon Musk, you got to work in the factory for fucking 12 hours, 16 hours a day, sleep there, get up and do the same. You got to pull 16 hour days, that's the only way you're going to be, be successful. Like, Yes, there are people that can do that and there are people that do do that and that they're not the standard. They're not normal people. Like guys like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're not normal fucking people. They are outliers. They are the one in a fucking billion, one in 100 billion people. They're not normal. Like that's that's why they are where they are. That's why there's only a handful of them that you can name because that they're built like that. You can't base yourself off people like that because it's just ridiculous. You need to base yourself off yourself. There's no way you can go out and set an ex- expectation to uphold what fucking Bill Gates or Elon Musk does because that's just you're gonna. All I see happening when people do that is they're gonna fail and they're gonna feel bad and they're gonna end up worse than where they started. Oh, I guess I guess even saying that though, I've just realised that that's you know, you set yourself a goal really high, at least if you try and achieve it, you'll, you know, you might not achieve it, but you'll still be better than where you, you started. So I suppose aiming to aspire, I guess aiming to be like or trying to achieve things like those guys is good, but you can never base yourself, you can never base your standards off someone like that. 
because I just don't, I don't think it's going to benefit you if you fucking, if you work 16 hour days trying to, you know, hustle, hustle and be this mega billionaire, then you're probably going to end up fucking half cooked, no sleep, malnourished, feeling like shit. And then you're going to lose all that work you put in because you're going to be forced to try and recover. So I think that's another another bad or poor standard that society sets for everyone is that hustle mentality of you have to work fucking stupid hours every day if you want to ever be successful. I just don't think that's... um, I don't think it's sustainable. I guess I've said that a lot today. Hey, maybe I should call this being sustainable. I think a lot of people don't don't think of the long term they think of the short term and they think of how they can do things in the short term and how they can get things quickly and rush things and a lot of the time they just burn out and then you know i've seen i've actually seen that a lot with people in people a lot of people with their goals and looking at me and telling me looking at what i do and being like oh yeah i've got this goal that goal this goal i'm gonna do this this and this and i'm like oh that that sounds good and they're always very big goals and you always see them go real hard at the start and then you know a year later they're nowhere to be seen they've just dropped right off and they disappear i i saw that a bit with my iron man stuff there was a few people that you know said they were going to do an iron man as well they were like oh yeah i'm going to get into this i'm going to do this and they start, they start, and they're there at the start, and they're pushing, and then all of a sudden, they just disappear, so I don't even know where I was going with that, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are too ambitious at the beginning, and they don't allow themselves the time to actually move towards that goal, they just rush it, rush it, rush it, rush it, and don't, they don't achieve it because they've just blown themselves out at the start, so you've got to think long term, you've got to think sustained, long sustained effort, you got to think a gradual increase. you got to think, like if you're looking at a graph, you don't want it to spike at the start and then drop at the end. You want it to be a gradual increase across the whole horizon. There's a quote. I don't know it, but it basically says that. You want to have a, 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 a slow improvement across a long, long horizon, a long, uh, what is the bottom axis? So steady increase, a steady sustained increase forever is better than going super high at the start and then crashing below where you started. So I think that's, I guess that's something to consider. If you want to set a high standard for yourself, then make sure you are sustained in your approach towards achieving it. Don't try and achieve it too quickly because you will end up falling on your ass and it won't feel won't feel great. won't feel great at all. Um, I'm just reviewing my notes for this. I've touched on pretty much everything except... Going back to the standards that you set for yourself, I think you have to be strict, but obviously lenient at the same time. So like I said before, you have to adapt those standards, but you have to allow yourself some leniency. You can't be always on the standards. You can't always hold yourself up to them. Sometimes they're going to Sometimes they're going to fall by the wayside because other things come up and you can't beat yourself up about it. If you're constantly beating yourself up about not upholding a certain standard, then it's going to feel worse and you're not going to achieve anything. You're actually going to go back. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> you're actually going to go backwards. I think that I think that's, that's the same thing about complaining, but I'll touch on that in a sec. So yeah, if you beat yourself up about not upholding a certain standard, then you're going to go backwards and it's not going to help anyone. You've got to just, all right, great. I didn't uphold it there. What can I learn? What can I take away from that? And then move on and, you know, 
I guess, adapt and change it, ad- mold that standard to fit your circumstance. Um, touching on what I said before about complaining, I, I feel the same thing about complaining. I don't, I, like, yes, it can make you feel good, but it's not something you want to be doing all the time because if you're always complaining, then you're putting, you're obviously in a mindset of, you know, you're obviously not not so much a victim mindset, but you're in a you're in a negative mindset if everything's always going bad and you're always complaining about it. You need to yes, complain. Great. How are you? How are you going to fix it? How are you going to move past it? How are you going to move through it? Because if if you spend your life complain, I'm trying to swallow off Mike because I know you might be able to hear it, and it sounds gross. I fucking hate hearing people's mouth noises when I'm listening to podcasts. I'm going to turn the gain. I'm going to turn the game down a bit so you can't hear everything that's happening. Um, yeah, I hate hearing people's fucking swallow. It's disgusting. So if you spend your time fucking complaining, and you're obviously not getting better at it. You're not getting better at what you're complaining about because you're spending all the time complaining. So yes, I believe complaining is warranted, but I also think that you need to get it out of the way. Yes, all right, say it like with Melbourne lockdown right now. You can complain all you fucking want, but it's not going to go away. This circumstance isn't going to change by you complaining unfortunately like i wish it could i wish if everyone decided to complain together then maybe we could fucking overrun it but that's not the point the point is if you spend your time complaining and you spend these five days fucking complaining then what if you get what you're going to come out of this and be worse than when you went in when if you you know okay this is what it's going to be how can i still achieve what i want to achieve while being in this you know in this shit scenario you're going to come out of the five days feeling productive feeling good whereas if you don't it and you spend the whole time complaining you're going to come out feeling worse and it's going to fucking set you back even more so complaining is good but at the same time you need to try and move past it and adapt to the circumstances so um i don't know if i've got any other things i want to say about if i think of anything else i'll fucking touch on it um in terms of the setting standards but yeah if i was to summarize it i think Standards are great. Standards are a great thing for you to have, but they need to be able to be molded. They need to be then you need to fuck. Okay, I'm going to start again. I'm sorry. I appreciate you listening too if you've made it this far through. I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the people. I'm grateful for the fans I've got if I've got any. I'm grateful for people that have listened. I'm grateful for my grateful for my friends that are listening to this. I really am. It it means a lot that you would actually take this much time out of your fucking day to listen to me dribble on this microphone and listen to some of those noises of me fucking swallowing. I apologize. Um, I, I'm really really appreciative. So so thank you guys. I um it mean it actually means a lot. I think I've had 135 downloads in total, which is fucking like it may not seem like a big number, but if it's that many people, like if it's that many downloads an episode that's an hour like that's a lot of time that people have taken out of their days to listen to me talk nonsense or just speak my mind so i am really truly grateful so anyway moving on to what i was talking about that i'm trying to remember i can't okay yes a summary so if i was to answer the question simply are standards good or are they bad i think they are good but you need to be able to adapt them you need to be able to i guess realize where they're going to be de- when they're going to be detrimental to your to you achieving your goals and you need to adapt them for the circumstances and the scenarios you need to be willing to learn 
and change your standards to help you improve rather than being stubborn and leave them the way they are to the point where they are detrimental to you achieving what you want to achieve. And if that's like, I think that should be a takeaway. Be like, just be, just open your eyes and be mindful of your standards that you have for yourself. Um, because sometimes they can actually hamper your progress. So if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, just like maybe write down, I'm not a big write, I don't really write stuff down, but write down the standards that you set for yourself and analyze them and just be mindful over the next couple of weeks and see, you know, where you can improve or where they might be hampering you and slowing you down because it, it, you know, it could help you, help you massively. Anyway, moving on. I put out a question box this week and I'm going to read those questions out and answer them. I haven't really read them properly, so these could be some interesting answers. Um, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, so bear with me. Bear with me right now. Story archive on the on the Instagram. Also, Cocoa Coast Coconut Water is on special at the moment. Bought plenty of it last night. All right, here we go. Let's see these these questions. All right. Number one, how did you transition to the healthy lifestyle when you were younger? So for me, it was hard because it took certain circumstances in my life to push me to the gym. And then once I got there, I was like, this is actually kind of nice. Um, like I would all, I was, I started playing football, but this, I started playing football at like under, under tens, I think. And I was very lazy and didn't want to do anything. And it wasn't until I was probably like 16 or 17, maybe 15. Yeah, it was probably around 15 when I got when I started going to the gym and I was like, I actually like this. And then slowly, slowly, I just learned and built and changed and evolved and it got to the point where I am here, where I am today. I found myself constantly seeking, I guess, challenge. Constantly seeking challenges and just pushing myself. And then I was playing football for a bit and then I realized that I preferred the training aspect as opposed to the playing and then I just went into that and then yeah just slowly slowly here I am so I think if you're transitioning into a healthy lifestyle when you're younger don't don't I guess don't launch into it too heavy like like I was talking about before don't set goals that are too high for yourself remember you want a steady progress you want to you want to be able to sustain it so I guess think of the goal you want to be think of where you want to be in like 10 20 years think of like for me at the moment i'm thinking when i'm like well, i'm thinking of when i'm like 60 i want to still be able to do shit so i'm trying to take steps to be able to still do stuff when i'm that age so i guess don't don't think too don't be too short-sighted and don't think oh, i'm gonna do everything right now because you'll end up hating it so if you're getting if you're if you're younger just think okay what can i do to slowly get to that healthier lifestyle it might be if you're starting from zero, I'll use that as an example. Go for a walk once, twice, three times a week. Start having healthier food, making healthier food choices. Trust me. At first, healthy, like healthy, I'm using those Dr. Evil, healthy food choices taste, don't taste as good as sugar, but your palate adapts and they start to taste better. So you get to a point where you look at, like for me, I love fruit apples apples oranges bananas pears nectarines berries everything they taste amazing 
you get to the point where having a piece of fruit is the equivalent to eating a bag of lollies because the sugar in the fruit is so nice. So start small, stick with it, be consistent, and you will get to where you want to be. Maybe set a goal for yourself. Maybe say, all right, next year I want to do a 10K fun run. Next year, I want to do a 5K fun run. Set little goals for yourself along the way and just keep ticking the boxes. And eventually, you will get to where you want to be. You've just got to be, you've, you've got to think long term. You can't think short term because you, you, may not, you may not get it. And you might turn it to the point where you don't like it anymore. And then that's where, that's when it's going to be hard. If you despise exercise, you despise health, then that's when it's going to be really fucking hard to pull yourself out of. Um, next question, hardest indoor conditioning session I've done. Okay. So the hardest by far, well, the most traumatizing by far was a testing conditioning set that I did. It was a hundred cows on an air dine bike every minute, three dead ball thrusters or three dead ball squat and press at 45 kilos. So this was fucked. And you, st- you started on the bike. You didn't start with the thrusters. So the first minute, you just did a max effort on the airdyne. And then you got off, did three thrusters, jumped back on, and then tried to finish it in that two minutes. So for me, it took me, I think it was like two minutes. No, might have been 2.30 or something. So I did hit like 60 cows in the first minute, jumped off, hit my thrusters, jumped back on. Didn't quite get it, jumped off, hit, hit thrusters, jumped back on and finished it in a couple of seconds. But for me, that that whacked me. That hit me for the rest of the day. It was less than three minutes, but I was fucking done forever. It hurt so much. It took my soul. I was lying on the ground. It didn't, like, I didn't even break a sweat. My top wasn't covered in sweat afterwards. I just felt like I had died. And then I almost threw up. I didn't throw up, but I lay on the ground for probably half an hour until I could like get my shit together to be able to move. So that was probably the hardest because it's literally just three minutes of all out. You cannot hide. And if you don't go all out at the start on that first minute on the bike, it's pointless because you're going to still feel shit at the end of that minute. So you may as well just go all out and try and get as much done as you can. And I promise you, it is not fun. And I don't know if I'll ever, ever, ever do that workout again because fuck that. Um, one of the other one of the other worst conditioning sets I've done. I think it would have been. Oh, I can't remember what it was like. I think it was every five minutes, or maybe it was like every might have been every four or three minutes or something like that. It was oh, just one at the gym. It was literally. I think it was. It might have been. Might have been four minutes on. Let's say it's four minutes on, two minutes off, and it was like. 2Ks on the bike, then it was 20 front rack walking lunges with two 24-kilo kettlebells and then max box jumps or max box stepovers in remaining time. And I just remember every time I would do that, I would be sore for the whole week. It hurt. It like it sucked. And like I think I'd do five rounds of it. So you'd be doing 100 front rack walking lunges with 24-kilo uh, weights and it, it fucking sucked so much because... You just, you're in the hurt the whole time. Um, so if you're gonna, if you're looking for a fucking shit, if you're looking for just a shit movement in general, front rack walking lunges will fuck you up big time because you've got to keep the weight above, like above your, your chest, which blows your core out. And then you're trying to lunge, your glutes just cop it. That's just a shit movement in general. But 
that's a, another killer conditioning. And one of the, actually, one of the ones I did recently was pretty bad. It was, oh, what was it? I did it during lockdown um, last year. I think it was, I hadn't, it was every two minutes. It might've been two minutes on, one minute off. And it was like, say, I think it was, might've been 15 or 12. I think it was 12 was the number, 12 cal ski. And then in remaining time, max dumbbell reverse lunges with 222 kilo dumbbells. And I wasn't allowed to stop until I got to a hundred reverse dumbbell lunges. No, there was no time. So it was, might've been a 20 cal ski and then max dumbbell reverse lunges. And yeah, I wasn't allowed to stop until I got to a hundred. And I think I hit it in two sets. So I think I got 60 and 40. And I just remember being fucking, that hurt so much. I was sore for so long after that. And it was over relatively quick too, which sucked. So if you're looking for some conditioning sets, I would, the later two are great. The first one, don't do that because it sucks. <laughs> it sucks so much. Um, yeah, so what would be your top five long run or trail running tips okay so long run i'll use long run because i haven't done a whole heap of trail running recently oh actually no two bays was probably the hardest run i've ever done and that was a a trail run so top five tips i'm going to count them down on my hand because otherwise i'll forget so number one would be hydration you need to be hydrated you need a drink and it's electrolytes fuck like water's great but in runs like that electrolytes just drink electrolytes like water is just taking up fucking stomach in your space when you can just drink electrolytes or coconut water or something that is going to replenish those stores and help you not get cramps and not fucking bonk out so hydration um next is nutrition that is another massive thing and i think don't overcomplicate it i I used to overcomplicate my nutrition for fucking years by that, I mean like I would, oh, going to have dates, going to have fucking bananas, going to have cliff bars, going to have all sorts of peanut butter fucking shit. No, don't overcomplicate it. If you're doing a race, in training, it's different. In training, take food that is palatable, nice, and it's going to be good for your digestive system until you get closer to your event and then start training with gels and stuff. But on race day, have fucking gels. Have gels, have cliff blocks, have stuff that's easy to eat, and gets the job done because you're in a fucking race all right you can deal with that shit for a race it's not that hard it's gonna be it's not gonna be you know it won't be as enjoyable as eating a couple of nice bits of fruit and all that kind of stuff but fuck it's a race just suck it up you're racing for a reason it's not meant to be easy so suck it up and just keep it simple and get in what you need to get in um third tip would be find a good pair of shoes and don't like it's going to take you a while to find a good set but once you find a good pair of shoes and stick with them don't be don't be shy to spend a bit of money on a good pair of shoes because if you're running in them for 100 k's more 100 more than 100 k's you're going to want them to be comfortable and you're going to want them to do the job and you're going to want them not to be too i guess not too tight not too big you want them to be perfect so like and you're going to be putting in training too you'll be putting a lot of k's in those shoes so don't be shy on spending a bit of money on them because they are the only thing between you and the ground um number four don't underrate the 
benefit of long, slow runs. I've underrated that for years. I've avoided it for years because that's just one of the, like, I guess the standard I set for myself was all in, too fast, don't hold back. But I neglected the long, slow, the, the slow, slow runs. That's when you build your base and the base helps you hold, the base helps you hold a consistent pace for longer. Whereas if you don't have a base, you can go quick but you'll hit a point where everything will stop and then you'll be like, oh shit, what the fuck? I can't do this anymore. You need to build your base because you'll be able to go quicker for longer. So long, slow runs are imperative if you're training for a long distance stuff. Trust me, time on the feet is way more beneficial than fucking getting a run done fast. You're better off if you're going for a Sunday run day and you're hitting 20Ks, you are far better off hitting that 20Ks at 520 pace than running it in an hour and a half and doing like sub five minute Ks. Because if you're training for a long, long run, you're going to be running at 520 pace. You want to be comfortable at that. You don't want to be like, oh, you don't want to be finding out what that pace is like on the day. That's not going to help you at all. And the last tip I have would be... Well, we can we can link this one back to I don't know if I don't know if I want to ah there, there we go I've got a good tip run hills I learnt this one today from running with James and he's been preaching this I didn't learn this today I've learnt this from James and we did it this morning running hills builds running strength and strength is huge like don't be shy of don't be shy of the the slow pace that comes with it running hills is so beneficial because you may not be running fast but you're still putting in effort and your legs gain so much from that kind of stuff it's the same as riding riding hills is so beneficial for your strength as a rider so um run 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 hills and if you're doing trail running then hills are going to be in there anyway so you may as well run them so what was what were those tips again hydration nutrition shoes um run hills and run slow and slow runs. They're my five five tips for for running long distances. Um, could I see myself getting into coaching later on? See, I I don't know. I I, I could. I I might, but I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd be. No, maybe not. Maybe not so much coaching, but I could help people with mindset and that kind. Of, I could see myself going in that direction. More of a mindset coach and a a mental mental coach because I feel like I've I feel like that's my strong suit like I have a lot of theories a lot of concepts a lot of you know advice in the mental mental realm more more so than the actual training like I could get into that kind of stuff but I enjoy the mental mental aspect of it a lot more so that's probably a more likely more likely case um how do you get your protein well as a vegan, as um, as a as I am vegan, I probably should do an episode on uh, being vegan. Hey, I wonder how many people would listen to that. The downloads would probably drop to like fucking three. Anyway, um, how do I get my protein? Well, as a vegan, you will all be fully aware of the fact that I am protein deficient. I don't have any protein. Nothing but meat and animal products give you protein. So I. And wasting away as 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 we speak, but if I was to give good examples of where you could find protein as a vegan, it's um <clears throat> it's in everything. So yes, I have tofu, I have beans, I have 
you know, the big ones that fucking eat a shitload of hummus. So that's got to be a lot of protein. But protein's in so many things. And there are studies out there. I don't know if any of you listen to the Plant Proof podcast, but he's touched on it quite a few times. There's, you get enough protein from just eating enough food in a day. Like you don't need to go and find it. But for me, I will give examples for the purpose of the exercise. I have, I have a lot of tofu. I have um, beans, lentils, fucking, what do you want to call it? To, uh, hummus. Then I have, I do have protein on my oats as well. I have, I get it through, get it through a vast, vast source of different things. So I'm not worried about being deficient in protein. And as we all know, protein's good for gains. So pump that shit. But yeah, there's, I can't, I, I'll, I, I don't know what episode it is, but Simon Hill on the Plant Proof podcast covers it off. It's fucking, there is pro, protein is abundant in a plant-based diet. Um, what differences have you felt being fully vegan compared to before with training? Well, what, I didn't plan that because I'm reading these questions blind. So um, the differences I've felt, so I was vegetarian for like three years before being fully vegan and I initially when I went to vegetarian my recovery was insane so going from vegetarian to vegan I didn't the differences weren't insane but I did it wasn't until a bit later it wasn't until I had adopted the the vegan diet for a couple of months where I was like holy shit like I feel really good I feel just energetic and sustained energy too I didn't have like Obviously, the biggest thing, you don't feel shit in your guts. You don't feel like, for me, when I was eating meat, it felt like it was sitting in there for ages. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. But on the plant-based diet, that doesn't happen. Same with when you eat like pasta and stuff. It doesn't sit in you. It doesn't make you feel fucking shit. It's not there. It's You feel good. And you, I guess you process your food better. And you have a better sustained energy. And like for me, I do, I do train a lot. I do a lot of things. I don't feel shit. I feel great. It's like, yeah, I get tired, but I feel fantastic on it. So I think energy is one of the biggest things. Energy and obviously you feel better morally. Like I know I do. I feel like I don't want to sound like a, a dick, but I feel like I'm sitting on a high chair. I'm on my, I'm riding my high horse and the horse loves me because I'm vegan. So you feel better as a person too. So you know, all positives, but I guess I'm going to be all positive about it because that's, that's what I do. And I've chosen, chosen this. And another tip to that, I'm, I'm never going to go back. Like I cannot, there is not, unless someone gives me a fucking undeniable reason to stop being vegan and stop being, eating a plant-based diet, I'm never going to change. And I reckon the odds of that happening are very, very slim. And last question oh can i still have a rip at a literal before it melts episode i should do that hey i should get a a fucking a cone and ice cream and i'll find a good topic and i will buy an ice cream and i will do a before it melts maybe i should i might save it until because if this if this podcast actually gets good um at some point and people start listening then i might start videoing it and set up a bit of a video feed because I reckon a before it melts segment would be great on video or I could just video that. So yes, I will definitely do a before it melts episode because I, f- I feel like that would be entertaining. 
especially if I don't make it and it melts and falls off and I don't get to eat the ice cream. And lucky last, how have you been able to maintain the cuteness? So the picture I put up for the question was me as a, as a young lad with big buck teeth. Um, I have sustained the cuteness by obviously eating my vegetables. I think that's just the most fitting response I can give at the moment. I ate my vegetables all, all the way through life and now all I eat is my vegetables. So if you really want to sustain cuteness, eat your vegetables. Um, no, nah, but on a serious note, I'm not that cute. I'm, you know, maybe in the right lighting, but most of the time I'm a bit of a gremlin. Um, but yeah, so I think this is I think I'm about to wrap this motherfucker up. But another episode in the in the bank. Um, if you did like it, please share with your mates. And if you feel like it, chuck a comment on um, the old Apple Podcasts. Like that always goes a long way. But like I said before, I really appreciate every single one of you who listens to this. You get noticed. I don't know who you are. I know who a few of you are, but I don't know who all of you are, but you definitely get noticed. And if you think of anything you want me to talk about or touch on or speak about on this podcast, then flick me a message. I will definitely write it down because I'm always looking for you know topics to tick off. Like I said, they don't hit me until midway through the week. And this one was one of those ones that just came out of nowhere. But please, please write in. Um, I'd love to hear from each and every one of you i will continue to do this because it's making me feel good regardless of the uh the listeners out there but i really do appreciate every every single one of you um what was i there was something else i was going to touch on hey i just can't remember what it was i keep the questions coming i um yeah and i don't know what i'm going to talk about next week I do plan on doing a guest episode soon, but I reckon I'll give myself maybe two more, two more practice runs, and then I'll have a have a guest on, because what's this, number five? Yeah, yeah, see. Um, anyway, that is enough from me. I'm going to wrap this up, save it, and set it to upload automatically, because you can do that. I hope you all have a wonderful day, or wonderful day, wonderful night, whenever you listen to this, I, um, and I'll uh, get to you next week. Okay.